Welcome to SaaS Reality, a podcast where two budding founders talk about their businesses. Join Simon and Dean to find out what it really takes to build, launch, and run a SaaS product. Hi, Dean. Hi, Simon. We get to speak at last. <laughs> <laughs> well, another bank holiday, and we have another one at the end of this month as well. I know. It's crazy season, isn't it? Yeah. I guess there's no more until Christmas, is there, after that? Uh, August. End of August? End of August. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to not like them anymore. <laughs> That's a good opportunity for me. It gives me time for uh, for my own product, so... Nah, fair enough. Um, what have you been up to this week? Not a great deal in terms of product. It's been one of those life happens weeks. Early on, you know, we had uh, we recorded episode two of the podcast, so there was a lot of setup to do. We've submitted to iTunes, uh, show notes to be written, uh, submitting to various podcast directories. Amazing how much time that eats into. It's definitely the same amount of time, if not more, after post production. I'm finding as well as doing the recording yeah well you do the editing as well at the moment i hope maybe when we get sort of to our fifth episode i might start looking at getting an editor in yeah it'd be handy if we could uh, offload that free up your time again yeah i, I feel like it's taking time away from automaily when i'm having to spend hours <laughs> <laughs> yes i uh, doing the show notes isn't too bad some of the uh, seo for the podcast the directory submissions they only really need to be done once and of course mm. we're listed in itunes and on overcast now so yay I, I think i can see that in our analytics that we've now after you submitted to those um directories we've sort of seen an increase in downloads yeah i also did a post on founder cafe as well which is the closed community that uh, rob walling and mike Tabor run sort of attached to microconf so i posted it up there and i think we might have got one or two listens from there as well so hopefully they subscribers <laughs> yeah yeah well it's, it's up and to the right on the number of downloads so that's small numbers at the moment but it, it helps so did you manage to get anything else done last week a small amount going back to what we talked about last week where you need to fit in the smaller easier options and mm-hmm. knock off a few little tasks as and when you can if you can't do the big things yeah I, I did some more investigation into the aws api see where i could get better information from or how i can filter it directly from the api so you don't need hours and hours to sit there you can just dip into that and out of that i had a sit down one evening thought about some content marketing ideas and they came off the back of uh, gathering pains from the aws community so there are forums out there and slack groups and you know monitor those see what people are having problems with and make notes about what you can write about later down the line. You might not have time now, but at some point, once the product's built and launched, you're going to be able to uh, write an article about these things or even build features from what people are posting, saying they really annoyed that AWS doesn't give you this information or doesn't do that. Or, and uh, that's you know, that's something you can add to your road, roadmap. That's good, yeah. Family issues have uh, taken quite most of the time this week. Family member seriously ill, so spent time with her. And I, I was down all weekend with a migraine, which wasn't very helpful for me, but uh, there we go. Did it go just in time for the work week to start? Yeah, it's typical, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's, I think it's coming back a little bit at the moment. I was up at half three this morning with a health emergency so oh. feeling a bit tired at the moment and, uh, how's how's things going I, I see you've been still making progress yeah so this the last week and a bit because it's been a, a week and a bit since we last recorded did a bit of work with snapshoot on seo just to add a few more landing pages to target some google searches 
after reaching 50,000 in annual recurring revenue, I thought it's just just worth spending a day or two just looking through Google Webmasters and targeting some more keywords and some landing pages. So I sort of got on with that. And then I also worked with Automaily with Slack integrations. So now you can send basically incoming webhooks to your team with messages about what's happening with workflows, which I find really useful, the Stripe integration into Slack for telling you when payments happen, but it doesn't tell you as much information as um, Automaily can now deliver you. And I also got Automaily online on AWS in its final setup. Mm-hmm. It's now working for Snapshooter. It's handling all of Snapshooter's onboarding emails and payment failure emails. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, firstly, congrats on the uh, Snapshooter milestone on, on, Thank you very on much. your revenue. That's, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, dog fooding at its best, using your own product on your own product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really highlights the, what I should be working on next because it's like I want to build a really awesome workflow for dealing with payment failures. And it's like, oh, I don't quite have that feature yet. So I better get on and code just that tiny little bit. For example, I want workflows to be able to go into your Slack, uh, sorry, Stripe account and um, make a payment again, make or reprocess a failed charge. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm going to be working on this week. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I've still got my landing page to sort out. Um, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> just life just happened this week. It's well, you know, it's it's one of the things, isn't it, with building uh, building something on the side. Um, yeah, you, you have to put the time into the day job, and there are priorities that come along that will come before building product yeah so it's so near the bottom isn't it when other life priorities obviously work is first your family is before work hopefully and then building side projects or side hustles right down at the bottom yeah unfortunately it does have to be knocked down but yeah that's that's why we're doing this sort of stuff to be in control of our own time isn't it yeah that's the ultimate goal uh so when life does happen it's not a big deal we can just say okay well it's i don't have to work nine to five today i can take the day off go to hospital with a family member or you know do whatever and then if i need to catch up tonight i can do it's not a big deal or if i just write the day off down to life that's fine and that's that's where we're ultimately heading i was listening to the entrepreneurial podcast i think it's called and they had justin again talking about transistor i think he's doing the the podcast rounds now they've reached 10,000 um, monthly recurring revenue. That seems to be popping that up everywhere. <laughs> he does, yeah. But it's interesting he's said the point about being in limbo at the moment between not enough income from Transistor to fully dive in. So you're in that difficult limbo trying to keep your, in his case, he's got uh, courses and other materials that he sells, mm-hmm. trying to keep that going while also working on Transistor, which isn't quite making enough for them. Mm. And it's, it's like a similar situation. At what point could you take the leap from doing full-time work to full-time work on your own stuff? Yeah, my cutoff is about 5K a month. <laughs> 5K? Yeah. <laughs> 5K in dollars, I could afford to jump ship and let my wife retire as well. And we could, okay. we could cover the uh, bills. Because um, that's, that's another part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. My wife works away most of the week. Her, jo- her job has changed since uh, her, her employer was taken over. So she's working away much more. She used to be home-based 90% of the time. And we need to change that. So it's it's exhausting for us. Yeah, independent income, our own income will secure that. We have another product idea 
further down the line that's in her wheelhouse, uh, which is an expert in the training field. But that's a way off yet. We need to get sustainable income going first. I was going to say, is she good at content marketing? <laughs> she's <laughs> about AWS. <laughs> she's a very good writer. She's a very good proofreader as well. So um, oh, okay. she's also seen the official AWS training courses uh, because you can sign up to AWS.training and there are a few digital courses you can take for free. Yeah, uh, she's just horrified. <laughs> so, right. yeah, she's just absolutely horrified at the quality and how they present information. She's uh, she trains trainers how to train people. So yeah, she's at the top of the oh. tree in her industry. This is a bit inception. Yeah. <laughs> so further down the line, you know, probably five years, we'll do something together. But we need to get um, need to get Cloud Insights up and running, making some money, so we can give up the day jobs first. I guess from your content marketing point of view, there's going to be, if you can help train people or at least offer decent articles on things about AWS that are pain points, as you say, it's going to be a huge resource. Yeah. Also, um, she comes into her own presenting data visually. She's a fine artist. She went to art college. Um, so she's very good visually. And she actually wrote a visual impact course for her current employer. So I'm going to pick her brains on how to present all this huge <laughs> amount of AWS data that I need to give people um, in, a, in a very useful at a glance view so they can uh, get the gist. She'll, she'll, uh, she'll come into her own once I get all the data in the database. It's interesting you talk about building documentation and stuff because this week I also looked at setting up Help Scout. I think at the moment it's the help desk software I've decided to go with after using crisp chat in the past. And I've started writing the documentation for Automaily. While I feel it's a little early, I just, when I'm building stuff and I think, oh, this would be a really good time to explain to somebody that this is a quirk of doing it this way, or we would recommend doing it this way. I should really write that down there and then and not try and do a massive sprint at the end, just before product launch, trying to get all the documentation in order. And I, I guess I just glance over stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, though. You know, document it while it's fresh in your head. Uh, there's nothing worse than just being faced with weeks of writing documentation because it does take that time, doesn't it? It's, yeah. it's not a quick job. I feel when you have really good documentation on a SaaS product, it's like a great... Um, it's somewhere I of, often go and look at when I'm um, evaluating software is what their help desk looks like and does sometimes the help desk will show you more insights as to what's behind that paywall or that login wall than you can get off the marketing sites yeah they they, they can be a little functional <laughs> yes um, and i guess the other thing is they're good for seo aren't they because you're you're going to start ranking for if, if you write them in the correct way you're going to start ranking for these issues if your docs are public, yeah, if they're um, like support docs, knowledge base, and it's it's all public, they're great sources of content marketing, yeah. I plan for them to be public. Yeah, certainly covering generalized topics, and you can then feed into more specific uh, knowledge-based docs. So dealing with a Stripe chargeback or a, a card failure, yeah, um, you can do an article on that, which would then feed into your actual specific knowledge-based docs on how, mm -hmm. how to set up Automaily to handle that. So there's, yeah. yeah, there's great, great opportunities there. And, you know, you look at open source projects, for example, like Laravel, that got popular because it was, well, it's a good framework, but the documentation is absolutely amazing. Yes, it's definitely easy for a beginner to jump in and just get going. 
yeah, so having that information there. It also shows larger customers, enterprises and so on, that you have taken the time out to do this sort of thing. It's not a fly-by-night project. No. I've, I've not reviewed your documentation yet. You sent me the link, but I've not had a chance to have a look. So I'll... <laughs> it's only a couple of articles <laughs> at the moment. I'll do a bit of proofreading for you. <laughs> ah, thank you. Um, it's, it was more just to show off some of the features that I've got as well. I haven't had a chance to update the landing sites during this uh, sort of rewrite of from clever emails to dumb emails, but really clever workflows. I haven't had a chance to update the landing site to reflect that. So as it's the main selling point yeah it might be might be worth putting a bit of time into that yeah again one of the one of the uh last 10 percent that takes 90 percent of the time <laughs> yes i feel like i'm really getting there there's only a few little actions i need so for example re-attempting paid um, payment failures and once that's achieved i think i can build really complicated workflows for dunning there's a few more conditionals I need to add in. But after that, I think I'm I think I'm ready for watching you week by week. I, I see probably more than what you release publicly um of your progress with Automaly. And yeah, you're just chipping away at it. You're, you're being consistent, you're putting the time in, and it's starting to show the results. And you yeah, I'm getting really, really excited for you. <laughs> That's your list of things that need to be done, is actually getting longer as I start to use it more and more. So for example, I had a bit of an error, a mistake on my part when I accidentally sent some testing events to the production system and it sent an email to a, something like Simon at example.com, which obviously bounced instantly. Mm. But then it um, it showed me that there's nothing in there for handling bounced emails. Right. So that's something I need to then go back and do. And I guess that would be in itself a custom workflow. One, I need to make sure Automelly doesn't try and send emails to bounce addresses, but two, if you've got a SaaS product and someone signs up and their email bounces, that's a, that's a pretty big issue that you need to solve manually. Yeah, I, I don't know whether you could build in sort of predefined mini flows that you can combine into an overall workflow. So you, know, you have three options for what to do on a bounced email and they could just drag one onto your their, the workflow that yeah. they're building. Um, gives them some basic steps to handle these things and they can add in extras if they want to. Yeah, I, I think the the most basic form would be a trigger that would go when a bounced email happened. Internally, I would make sure that email got marked as bounced, but then you could perform your own actions like sending Slack notifications or emails to internal staff. Um, it's something I was exploring was having a workflow builder, so like predefined workflow templates that you could use. Mm -hmm. So when you went in with Cloud Insights, you could just use the onboarding workflow and it would just create you a sort of a pre-made template with example emails and example conditions. Yeah, um, I, I think something like that would be essential, really. Um, it's just difficult because there's so many different ways you can handle um, signing up to a SaaS product. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you have to have a couple of onboarding questions and then find uh, pick out the best yeah, predefined one. Are you doing a paid trial or not? Do you have money back guarantee or you know free trial, et cetera, et cetera? And then based on that, just present them with a few options of predefined templates. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. So, is, are you working on the uh, failed payments then this coming week? Yeah, I want to. I'm working on that reattempting a failed charge. So at the moment, it'll be the last charge, but I definitely want to put something in that if someone adds a new card, we'll go back through and collect past invoices because I've, I've had the point on Snapsheet to where someone hasn't provided their payment card for a month. 
and then when they come around to the next bill cycle, then they update their credit card. But really, you need to go back and collect that past invoice, yeah. especially if you didn't actually take their service offline for that month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Which I generally haven't done. It's quite low cost on Snapsheeter for someone to be still a customer and their invoice to go one month lapse. So something that would go back through and automatically collect them would be great. Might form a bit of a surprise for the, <laughs> the customer. <laughs> Yeah, but they should keep the payment details updated. <laughs> they should, yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing that I've been sort of keeping an eye on is this. We were going to talk about it. We probably should do some more research before going fully into it. Was the, was it, 3D version 2. So the payment verification, which all the banks introducing and is sort of mandatory in the EU September this year. Oh, yeah, the, the SCA or whatever yes, it is. I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've still, yeah, I've got to read up on that. I might. That might be a background task for me this week. Yeah, that'd be good if you could come back. I'm a bit worried about subscriptions and charging um, off-screen. I think they're defining it as off-screen. So it seems all okay. If the customer is there, you do the the Stripe Connect payment as normal. Um, during the process, it would then flash up and say, like, oh, we need to verify with your bank. And then they do it there and then and click the pay button and everything would be good. Like it currently is with when you shop just like it is currently with um, when you shop online and it takes you to your bank to perform verification with your bank directly, this is going to make it far more far more seamless for the user. For example, if they've got mobile banking, the bank could present like a fingerprint scanner. So it'd be really easy for people. But then I'm a bit worried about the off-screen flow with if you're trying to charge month to subscription, the user's not there. You get back from the bank saying that they want verification. You've now got to send the user somewhere to actually verify. Yeah, and I, I don't even know whether this thing allows ongoing payments, whether you can just say, I'm signing up to a subscription. Don't ask me to verify every payment. There was something I saw that said each payment needed to be verified. Yeah, it seems there are exceptions involved. So maybe if the next payment is... I think it's all down to risk. So if the bank deems the second payment to be a suspect or they're worried, they're gonna you're gonna have to get that user to come back on and verify it was them. So it could potentially become a nightmare. I don't know how bad it will be. Maybe I think I read that if the second payment was the same as the first payment, it's then gonna like basically get an exception. Right. Okay. But then I'm worried with my service and I think your service eventually. I'm planning to charge almost metered at the moment, meaning that that second charge could be different to the first charge. Yeah. I don't really want users to have to come back and verify again because I feel that's just going to have massive drop-offs. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, the the one thing that pushed me to price bands rather than pure percentage of AWS spend, mo- most of my competitors out there charge on a percentage. So if you're doing £1,500, you'll pay slightly less than somebody doing £1,600 in AWS spend. The thought of having all those variable payments month on month just horrified me, to be honest. And I think the the article I read about this SCA stuff, this new payment verification stuff, it sounded as if if that charge changes for the second or third month or whatever, each time it has to be verified. And I just thought, I don't even know how I could handle that. Yeah, I'm slightly worried about it. But I'm also thinking, is it an opportunity? If I could get ultimately to, to make it easy to handle the workflows with that, and I could get something in pre-September, and get ahead of the game. Maybe there's a fantastic opportunity there. Yeah, and ready to go as soon as that kicks in. That would be a big yeah. win. Yeah. One of the things I've been thinking about doing, but it's been very much on the back burner, is having hosted payment pages. So if a customer, if your customer's 
payment fails, being able to provide them with a link to a card payment page that just does it for them. So they don't have to log in. They don't have to get the like the correct manager to get login details or whatever. You could just forward the email to whoever's relevant in the department to pay it. So if I could expand that to also sort of use 3D, 3D secure, whatever it is called, mm. I feel that, that that might be a really good way to be able to quickly go to SaaS products and say, well, I know you haven't coded it in. It's a lot of work to code in, but this is a, like a really simple way to retroactively fix. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll do some homework on this, and we'll have a chat about it in maybe a couple of episodes' time. Yeah, uh, we got a few months ago before September. Yeah, things are. It's like GDPR, isn't it? People have got all the uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt flying around, and nobody really knows what it means at the moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> I thought in the end, GDPR turned out to not be as bad as. As as it really seemed. Yeah, it seemed a, a lot of fuss about nothing, but that's only because nobody's been charged yet. <laughs> fined. <laughs> I've seen a few people being fined. It's been, um, it's interesting. This brings on to the other good news of this week is um, my partner just had her 12-week scan. Everything's okay. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Baby number two on the way. Oh, goodness, yeah. Uh, end of November. So I've got, that's the deadline now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get, get coding, get marketing. Get it yeah. out, get it out and self running. <laughs> yeah. But one of the interesting things is you get given a, a something called a bounty pack in the UK, which is just a company in the UK for uh, helping. I think they basically help pregnancy and offer information and products, but they got fined recently by Icon for basically distributing your details to, I think it was something like 30 to 40 partners without your explicit permission, Ooh, which lovely. is. Yeah, which is basically what GDPR is about, isn't it? It's like saying you haven't given permission for this data to be processed that way, and it's not directly related to their their business. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just yes, don't sell my data on. I didn't agree to this. Yeah, something I'm gonna have to worry about with automatically handling people's data. <laughs> yeah, I guess at some point you're gonna have to do a deep dive into all of this stuff. Yeah, maybe that'll be a future one. My basic understanding of what I need to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not sure how much personal data I'll actually be processing because it'll just be infrastructure information. But uh, it's, yeah, I'm going to have to give it some time at some point. I guess if you have read access to AWS, you're, you're not able to get their data out, are you? No, but the idea is that I will still have access to all the IAM stuff which mm-hmm. is personally identifiable, identifiable information because of email addresses and names. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no way I, I I have to access the IAM stuff. I have to. Yeah. There's, there's no way I can build a useful But I feel the there. organization is handing you their organization employees' data so they're, they're going to be the only people with their IMA details, right? Yeah. I mean, you could have third-party as well. Uh, one That's of our true. clients has their own AWS account, but it has our personal details in from my day job. Might need a few data processing agreements setting up or something. I don't know. I've got to get into yeah. all of that. Just deal with US customers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't want we don't want to know Europeans. No, that's not <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> well, we are leaving the EU. <laughs> um, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. Maybe but that maybe doesn't not. go through. <laughs> yeah well who knows let's not get into that debate on no, no not not doing politics <laughs> no so i think that about covers it for this week isn't it we yeah just I kind of know what you're going to be working on this week <laughs> yes, chipping away same as last week <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
uh yeah it's just a quick update wasn't it we had bank holiday weekend bank holiday in the uk means public holiday Mm -hmm. just in case they called something different elsewhere so we had monday off as a a national public holiday so hopefully head down and get some useful work done this week Mm -hmm. Uh, okay i'll wrap it up up there then yeah Thank you for listening to the SaaS Reality Podcast. Why not head over to sasreality.com and be part of the community where you can join in with the discussions. You can also send questions and comments to podcast at sasreality.com and we'll do our best to answer them next week. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, we really appreciate an honest review and rating. Uh, we read every one of them and it will really help other people find us, especially on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please subscribe and leave a rating and uh, we'll catch you next week. So thanks, Dean. Cheerio, Simon. Thank you a lot. See you. See you soon. Bye. Bye.